How's it going, guys? All right, so it's a Veg Athletics Performance Podcast. I just finished up the French podcast, so I will have trouble. I will admittedly have trouble thinking in English. Uh, so today we're talking about how to track volume. How to track volume. So I'm going to look at it through three different lenses here. If you're a beginner to training, or maybe you're doing a little bit of training, you've been training for a while. And you hear people talking about volume. How do we track volume? And how does that look across different types of training? So I'm going to come simplest. Where where I know best is how we track our strength training. Then we're going to move on to how we track agility, speed, and plyometric training. Which is different. And then we will go into endurance. Endurance training. And that's where... I have the least experience, but I do work with several endurance athletes, so that's something that I've gotten used to. My son's doing triathlon now, so he's still young enough that I can do his programming and get away with it, and he can still do pretty well. So when we're tracking volume, just to define it for you guys, volume is the amount of training that you're performing. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about volume. talking about the amount of training that you are performing. So... When we look at it, a view of strength, we're talking pounds, the amount of weight that you're lifting generally uh, above 70%. And some people are going to go 80%, but you a lot of the times working sets, you might be working at 70% or around 70%. So that's when you start counting, okay, this is how many reps I'm doing at this weight. It's working out to this weight. You can also just count reps above 80%, above 90%. There's something we that we have in strength training called Prilipin's chart. And I don't know much about Prilipin, but, but I'm guessing that he was a researcher that was putting out, you know, this as much as how much your body can recover from. So, for instance, if you're doing reps above 90% at an exercise, and we're talking about big compound movements, squats, deadlifts, front squats, uh, deadlift variations, things of that nature. This is how much your body can tolerate, right? So there's a, I'm not, I don't have Prilipin's chart in front of me here, but I, I think 90%, above 90% is nine reps is the limit. So if you go above that, you're pushing your nervous system into an area that it can't recover from. So that's what we talk about when we're talking about volume. Now, when, what the, the more advanced you get and the more advanced you get in your training, that means your body gets used to be able, being able to perform more. So, for example, if I have a client who's a, just a gen pop client, somebody getting in shape, you know, they're working up for most of my women in the first three sessions at least. Maybe not the first session, but the first three sessions at least of training, they're going to be doing some sort of squat, probably a back squat. If, if they can't get into a good position, maybe a box squat or, or a trap bar deadlift. And we're going to be working at at least a quarter. So 25 on each side, that's 95 pounds. Pretty standard. They might be doing three sets and they might be doing 10 reps. So if you do the math on that, 95 by 3 by 10, that comes out to total volume of 250 pounds. Total volume of 250 pounds. And an average person, so beginner level just starting out, that's going to be a pretty challenging workout for them. That 95 pounds is nowhere near what they're capable of, and we'll get to that in another episode. That's just kind of nervous system training. 
but two two hundred, sorry, two thousand eight hundred fifty pounds, twenty eight fifty. As they get better after a few sessions, I'm gonna start adding a fourth set. I'm gonna start adding a fourth set, and if just we add one more set, that's an increase in thirty three percent of the volume. I don't have the number here in front of me right now. If you're doing three sets and you add a four set the same weight, you just increased it by a third, right? That's for a beginner. Now look at a more advanced athlete. A more advanced athlete, uh, so say I'm training one of my swimmers, and they're squatting 250 pounds. So one of my male swimmers squatting 250 pounds. Maybe we're doing five set, five reps per set. So for him, it's around 80%, and we're doing three sets of that. 250 by 5 by 3, we go up to 3750, 3,750 pounds. So these two people might be working at similar intensity levels, but as you can see, the more advanced athlete, they're doing less reps for their intensity. She might think that, that uh, a beginner a lot of times is going to think that 95 pounds is really tough and that it feels like 80, 90% to her. But she, she doesn't know her limits yet. This athlete is closer to their potential. And so they're really working at something that is 80% of what they're really capable of with, their, with perfect technique. If, we, if I was to add one set on top, I mean, that is massive. That puts him at over 5,000 pounds in total volume. So look when you're looking at volume, you're taking into account... Uh, the weight the person is lifting, but also their actual capacity. So that beginner is nowhere, is lifting nowhere near 80% of our capacity. This more advanced athlete is actually doing 15 reps in that above 80% capacity. So that's how we track volume for training. And down the line in another episode, I'll, I will outline for you guys how we break that down and how we want that to look like. And again, I can... When if you have a good coach, if you have a good trainer, they they can look and they can see what this client is capable of. I know for, for my athletes, for instance, they almost all of them have practice the next day, so I can't push them to probably even a point that a regular person can be pushed to, because they need to get in the pool and train the next day. They need to get on the ice and train the next day. They need to get on the pitch and train the next day, and they can't be so sore and so exhausted that is dragging them down. So a lot of my athletes, I actually start them closer to too easy than pushing them too hard. We don't affect that recovery. The next piece is going into speed, agility work, and plyos. Okay, plyos are a little bit different. Speed and agility. Sets are smaller, right? For the most part, sets are smaller, but they are very intense if you're doing them properly. If you're doing speed work and you're not going fast, you're not doing it properly. And thus, it takes a lot of energy from your nervous system. A near-maximal sprint for anything more than 20 meters is very stressful on the nervous system. So we want to track that, see how much we're doing, and limit it to an extent. So when we're tracking agility and speed work, we're looking at working sets. We're looking at working sets because you're, there's so much that goes into it. Just for, for people that aren't natural uh, speed athletes, I work with a lot of hockey players. Hockey players have been on the ice going up 
on the ice, so they don't really know how to move their bodies on dry land unless they've been multi-sport athletes. Same thing with my swimmers. Basketball guys are a little bit better, but not quite because basketball is not really a linear speed sport to an extent. So it requires a lot of coaching on position, a lot of thinking while being explosive, and that is really stressful on the nervous system. So one of our rounds, for instance, if I have one of my hockey guys and we're doing three moves, we're doing three stations. We have a ladder station where they're going through agility ladder. We have a hurdle station, they're going through hurdles. And then we have a sprint station where they're doing some kind of skip to sprint or, you know, a turn to sprint, a hop start, a fall start, whatever it is. And they're doing three reps at each station. That's three working sets. So I have, I'm having them go through a circuit but we don't count that as one rep we we as one working set each different station is one working set so look at it like that and i would say depending on the size of the drill five or less if you're doing more than five reps start counting that as more than than one set i would throw weightlifting in there as well i would throw weightlifting in there as well because weightlifting is short and explosive and if you're not doing complex where you do a clean plus front squats and whatever that is. Um, It's a very short time under tension. There's a lot of thinking, there's a lot of position, and you have to be explosive. So weightlifting goes in there as a a, uh, plyometric drill. So you want to be doing less than 10 working sets for a beginner level. Less than 10 is going to be fine. 10 to 20 once you get to the intermediate, 20 plus when you can get advanced, and you can then you need to be doing really in-depth warm-ups longer breaks something to stay warm in between breaks but that also depends because as you get more experienced and advanced that volume is at top sets at least is also going to come down so this is a great usain bolt is possibly the greatest example of all time usain bolt cannot do 20 maximal sprints i would i would doubt in the practice that he could do even 10 Right, his warm up is super intense. It's super advanced. There's so much activation. There's so much that to get his body ready to give the most that a human being has ever given in the history of the planet. That takes so much out of him that for that recovery. That an athlete that advanced is going to be his um, frequency or his volume is going to come way down, especially when he's peaking and he's actually going into uh, winning an Olympic medal. For plyos, you could throw weightlifting in there as a plyo, but I'm talking more for jumps. Jumping sets, we also look at ground contacts because those are really high impact and it takes your body time to adapt to those. So especially if you are a just an everyday gen pop um, weekend warrior, you want to start with less than 50 ground contacts. And you'll... NSCA manual, that's what we look at, less than 50 ground contacts, and then you, you can increase from there. I'd say maybe 10 a session, eventually you can handle 100, eventually if you're, you know, you're doing tons of skips and stuff like that, you can handle a ton. But ground contacts, you have to be careful with backs, back takes a beating, you might not feel it or notice it, but that compression is happening over and over and over, ankles take a beating, knees take a beating, uh, and if you're older, you're probably going to notice the pain, but if you're younger or you're in really good shape and you don't notice the pain, you're not going to notice it. And then one day, bang, uh, tendonitis in the knee or issue with the back. So ground contacts need to be laid out um, when you are doing 
when you're tracking your volume for your plyometrics. Less than 50 ground contacts for beginners. That's a really good cue if you want to start implementing skipping, whatever it is. I have a lot of clients who come to me and our gym members will come to me and tell me, oh, Jordan, yeah, I started skipping, Jordan. It's great cardio, but, you know, now this happened to my knee. I had to stop because of my knee. And then lastly, distance, distance. This is where I have the least uh, experience in a long time since I've been a, a distance athlete. Now I've gotten really into swimming over the last couple of years, so I've, I've increased with that, and I work with a lot of swimmers. So for, I mean, we'll go with the big three, triathlon. So biking, running, swimming. If you're doing running, most runners, of course, for all these, you're tracking your mileage. But then on top of that, you're tracking bike cyclists are tracking their wattage, right? So you're tracking how much power they're creating, and that's a, that's a way to measure intensity the same way with the weights we're measuring you know, above 80% or above 70%. Cyclists are looking at their wattage and, you know, what wattage am I capable of? If you're a cyclist who wants to who wants to track that, you have a power meter that tracks how much power you're putting into the bike. Heart rate is another one for really all any three of these or any kind of endurance activity, but probably in running is the biggest one for heart rate. And then pace, swimmers and runners, I don't know about cyclists. We'll, we'll use pace as a way, and I'm astonished by that, how a swimmer can set that exact pace. But once you get that feel for the water and once you get there, how many, how many, how much mileage am I doing? At what pace was it, right? If it's a slow pace, you, you're, you're counting that volume less relatively. If it's a high pace, you're, obviously the total volume is going to go down, but it's it counts more. You have more points there. And I'm sure there's some sort of formula that some of these coaches are using because some some of the mileage my swimmers will give me is just crazy. And I had, I had an old colleague who was a world-level tri junior triathlete. And he would tell me that when he was in college, the miles they were giving him was crazy. So I'm sure there's, I hope, <laughs> for the, I know for the good coaches, there was a way that they're tracking that and make sure they're taking care of their athletes uh, and that they're able to recover from that. So that would be looked at weekly. And I'm sure there are increased rules around that. In terms of just like we talk about Philippine chart, I'm sure this is the same thing for intensity, cardiovascularly. How much can your body recover from from that work? So, bang, just laid it out for you guys how to track volume. Everybody should be incorporating a little of this stuff. If you're not incorporating some power and speed and plyo training, you're missing out. Of course, if you're not applying strength training, you're not building muscle and bone density in your body, you're missing out. If you're not taking care of your heart health and doing some sort of cardio, whether it's interval or whether it is in longer distance, you are definitely missing out. Guys can always reach me at coach underscore JG on Instagram or vegathletics.ca, Jordan athletics.ca if you have any questions or if you are interested in doing some training here in the Toronto area. I'll catch you guys later, Veg Athletics.